all we have to do is we're turning up it's friday hour and 20 minutes yeah make it great make it amazing fool the people and make them think we know what we're talking about we're just casuals start the music this is monty in the morning the show phoenix magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in arizona number one during your morning commute number one whenever news breaks during your day and number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports now it's time for monty in the morning Yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Hell yeah, it's Friday. Finally. It feels like Friday of next year. This has been a long, long week, especially if you're a Utah Jazz fan. Hi. Good to be here. I see everybody in already. Okay, Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, I, I just need to acknowledge the first, the second comment of the show. Wasn't going to miss this one. Eric C. First of all, what the hell does that mean? Second of all, you're damn right. It means that Luke Voigt is taking people out for the Padres because Eric C. lives in San Diego. What it also means is that you need to subscribe to this channel. Folks, friends, neighbors. People uh, You have been amazing. Um, we have told you about the meteoric erecting yeah. rise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, we're at 3,927 subscribers. Uh, just crushing it. You guys are amazing. Thank you for being here. Make sure you hit subscribe. We are giving away a PS5 at 5,000 subs. Subs! That's not that far away. Trust me, I know it seems like a lot, but indeed it is not. You're looking at like a month, and then we're giving away another PS5. This will be the third one we've given away. Bro, we've given away so much on this show. I'm telling you, you guys support the show. We give away prizes. I'm it's for that real. simple. Make sure you shop the affiliate links, which are below. All of you people buying this uh, kitchen sink blender bottle sport cup thing, scrubber thing item, you should check it out because the thing's amazing. I'm telling you, it changes the way you the thing you scrub out crustified old protein powder from your shaker cups yeah uh it's all in the affiliate links hook it up below if you're listening on podcast bless you friends uh welcome to all of our friends on apple spotify iHeartMedia. certainly our friends at stitcher radio god bless you and also you uh but anyway the point is thanks for listening to the show and without further ado okay before we jump into the conversation, before we hit the panic I, I, button, no, no, it's already been lit on fire in the comp. Can, could you just read like like two comments so far? Because I can see it lighting up. Lewis Zelder says, "So sad after the game. I hope we pull it out tomorrow. Don't pull it out tomorrow. That's a crime in most counties." Uh, Edgar Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, and you know it stopped. Okay. Um, Edgar Garcia says, when you guys going to talk about the jazz, please refer to them as the casuals, those fools. Yeah. Holy fuge. This jazz team is giving me migraines. Bryce Jensen says, Quinn Snyder solved the world's hunger by putting in Pascal. Well. Okay. Well, I mean, you guys are amazing. And then there's Azuku Gaming who says hello. Hi. Hi. Okay. Good to see you. Uh, the Utah Jazz went down in a blaze of really bad defense last night. Um, and it's amazing to me, and, and it probably shouldn't be, but it is amazing to me that so many Jazz fans um, want to point the finger at Donovan Mitchell for a lack of defense. And the thing that I that concerns me most 
about this team is that as a team, they lack cohesiveness and chemistry on defense. How much of this problem, and let's just head straight for it. Yeah. How much of this problem that we are seeing with the Utah Jazz relates to Donovan Mitchell? Uh, I, I don't think the whole problem or maybe even half the problem relates to Donovan specifically. I think where where I come down with the Donovan dynamic in the whole situation is that because he's Donovan Mitchell, because he's the leader of your team, he is the one that is responsible for for trying to bring these guys together. He is the one that that is responsible for making sure that that you win game three at home. Uh, your first home game of the playoffs. You know, he's that guy that is supposed to lead you into battle and is supposed to 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 get you to go where you want to go on the floor. And and I think that honestly, that is what what he's responsible for. But I don't think he's responsible for the lack of rotation defensively. I I I don't think he's responsible for you know the several times last night where Rudy doesn't come over to help. I do think Don specifically is responsible for Jalen Brunson blowing right by him several times. I do think he's responsible for allowing Jalen Brunson to body him in the paint several times. So on an individual level, yeah, he's responsible for his matchup, but I don't think we should sit here and and, and crucify Don for for their lack of team defense because he's one guy and there's five guys on the floor. And I and I think this whole situation is is once again, unfortunately, as we've been saying for you know, I feel like years at this point is a product of the roster. And and I know that that's a dead horse. I know that we talk about it constantly, but what else is there? That is the situation. That is the, the honest to goodness reality of the situation. You have a dynamic last night, and we're going to dive into this in a minute real deep, but you have a dynamic last night where Eric Pascal comes in, Rudy and Hassan are on the bench. They play small ball. They start seeing success. They start, they start yeah. understanding, okay, well, we're going to see some success. And that success, th- the trade-off of that success is that the rim is less protected because we don't have a big in the game. But at that time in the game, they needed offense, not defense. So it's this whole situation where everyone came out of this game, I feel like, talking about that Don sucked and he didn't have a good game and his defense sucks and, and he's like the scapegoat of the whole situation. But what I'm telling you is, the whole situation could be improved by one or two players if they would have done something earlier in the year. But they didn't, and now you're paying the price for that. And I think that, you know, when you when you look at this Mavericks team, they went out and got Reggie Bullock, right? They, they went out and found someone like Jalen Brunson. You know, they found these guys to to backstock their 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 roster. So now they can withstand a Luka injury. And not only can they, they withstand They traded Chris Stops Porzingis. Bro, not only can they withstand the Luka injury, they're playing good without Luka. They, he will not return in game four because why would you? So this is my point. It's the ultimate, ultimate contrast between rosters. You have one team in Dallas who made moves, who made the tough decision at the deadline to go and get something done. And they got Dinwiddie, and he contributed last night. You have another team in the Utah Jazz that did nothing. They did nothing. They sent they sent Joe out for for uh, a rack of basketballs and a, and a pick or whatever, and now you're paying the price for that. And that ultimately is what I think was on like full display last night. I am amazed at some of the 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 vitriol for Donovan Mitchell. I don't get that, but I think finally last night, 
we saw where Quinn Snyder took Rudy Gobert off the floor. And I think you saw a much more productive stretch of minutes from Eric Paschal because what what you see when Rudy's off the floor and Hassan Whiteside's off the floor and they go with that ultra-small lineup is you see a lot more athletic ability and you see a lot more ability to shut the three ball off. I'd rather give up layups at the rim than three balls wide open all day long. Mm-hmm. Like, does anybody even contest that? No. Does anybody even argue with that? No, I, I think in the playoffs specifically, that's that that's that is the only choice. I don't think it's even a conversation. Hey, you've got a couple of twos at the at the rim or a couple of threes from the corner. Well, of course you're going to take a couple of twos. Of course. Yeah. Um, Dylan on Twitter says, "I'd like to try hanging on to this roster as much as possible and try a coaching change. Maybe switch out some of our role guys for a perimeter defender." Then if that fails, go for a full rebuild. So you want to spend another year in this situation. That's amazing. So just asking the question, who's at fault? Immediately, the first thing we hear is, well, I don't want a full roster rebuild. I don't know what you're hanging on to. And this, I guess, is my my question. What do you think you're going to be able to get if you hang on to most of this roster again? What are you going to be able to get? You're seeing the end times of Mike Conley. You're seeing a guy who scored zero points the other night. I think he had 21 last night. You're seeing inconsistent play from a guy that you paid the luxury tax for. Mm. You are bloated financially. A retool is not an option. It's just not an option. And you you can have this conversation, and maybe we should. Does replacing Quinn Snyder with... Any coach you want to replace him with, you pick the guy. Does replacing Quinn Snyder with any other coach make this a better team? I don't think so. I don't believe that I, it does. I don't think that Quinn has. I don't think that Quinn has a ton of options. I, I, unfortunately, here's what I'll say about Quinn. <clears throat> I do think it's fair criticism to say, "Hey, we should have tried some different things in the regular season. Like we should have tried." You know, we should have tried a small ball lineup. We should have we should have played Pascal more. We should have we should have gotten these guys more minutes so that they don't get exposed after seven or eight minutes on the floor. Okay, I'm open to that conversation, 100. percent I think there's a lot there. I think there's I think that's a different show, but I but I agree with a lot of people who say that hey, you know, there 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 was a lot of opportunity over the course of the regular season to play some of these bench guys more minutes. Totally agree, but I think. What I'm not going to agree with is, hey, Quinn is the reason that this team is not going further. Quinn is the Quinn is the one hurdle that is preventing us from from winning a playoff series or winning in the second round and getting to the Western Conference Finals. Ultimately, I can't agree with that, and and the reason I can't agree with that is because he is so limited with the options he has before him. There's not a lot. There isn't a hey. You know, the Clippers did this with Terrence Mann. Here's my first option. This is uh, this is what I should do no matter what from a basketball standpoint. He you doesn't a- have that. You asked him to make adjustments, and Quinn Snyder is making adjustments. I thought it was ballsy as hell what he did last night. I thought I thought it was I I I, I thought it was warranted. I felt like, hey, let's get some some space out on the floor. Cause that's ultimately because you were just you were just talking about how hey when they went small ball they played a lot better defense the yes. defense was better they were able to contain Dallas more 
And I think not only did you see that on defense, you saw much more breathing space offensively. And, and again, I'm going to say this. This is not a Rudy Gobert sucks conversation. No. Once again, this is not a Rudy Gobert is the worst player on the floor. Rudy shouldn't be on the floor. I'm not saying any of that. But what I am saying is the the instant, right away, the moment the ball's put back into play when Rudy or Hassan goes to the bench and neither of them are on, on the floor and the Jazz are running small ball, Donovan Mitchell's athleticism and playmaking ability comes to life. The Jazz immediately start getting the corner three back. The Jazz immediately start being able to get two feet in the paint every single possession. And that's that's what I think is so important that we talk about. Because up to that point, up to that point where Quinn made that adjustment, Don was struggling. Yeah. Don was having a bad game. Yes. Don had, I think he had like five points heading into the half or whatever. It was, it was awful. And then he just goes off for a wave of offense once Rudy and, and Hassan are not on the floor. That's why I think it's warranted to talk about that adjustment. And I think those same people who criticize Quinn need to also give Quinn credit for having the balls to take those guys off the floor and try something different. Because up to that point, what they were doing was leading to a 15-point deficit that they had to climb out of. Yeah, and I, I just don't know. You can replace Quinn Snyder with the best coach in the NBA. I, I don't see what more other further deeper adjustments there are going to be made. I mean, he took a really bold step last night. I, I even tweeted that at the time. Quinn needs to show some courage and take Rudy off the floor. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. And I give I applaud him for that because you're paying that guy 41 million bucks a year and you put him on the bench. And they played much better with him on the bench. And if you're not willing to recognize the space that was created by not having Hassan and Rudy in the game that allowed Mike Conley, that allowed the other guys to get more active in the paint, that allowed Eric Paschal to, to turn off the corner three for the, the Dallas Mavericks, if you're not willing to recognize that when you take Rudy Gobert off the floor – this team is just faster. They can play at a faster pace. They can run more. That's what this team needs. When it's Rudy and Mike Conley on the floor, everybody falls in love with that lob and the alley-oop and, my God, the reverse dunk. And, hey, that's all well and good. You were losing that game no matter what if you didn't take Rudy off the floor. Yeah. So I, I don't know what more Quinn Snyder can do. And, and, again, I'm just asking, what is it you want him to do? What is what adjustments? If you say fire Quinn Snyder, why specifically and what moves is he not making that you think he should be making? Because I I just don't think he's got that many that many weapons to fight with here. Yeah, I think he went to the option that he had last night. I mean, I I, I think if I'm Quinn Snyder, you know, the reality is I don't even love the small ball lineup I get to run out there. Like I I love Pascal. I've been an advocate for Pascal on this show. But I think, you know, what you always say is, you know, when you start playing guys longer minutes, they're going to get exposed. You know, as you've said, the Houses, the Pascals, yes. the Jared Butlers, even even Royce, you know, at times gets gets exposed when he plays too many minutes. So last night when Quinn makes this tough decision and goes for it with Pascal in that small ball lineup, that was a calculated risk, which I feel like ultimately did work out. Now you lose the game. But you made it really tight. I mean, that game was tight until probably, 
what, 50 seconds left when they when the, the Mavericks kind of put it away? That Dinwiddie three pretty much ended the game, that yeah. crazy fall away. But yeah. you look at Daniel House, everybody was like, oh, man, you got to play him more and more and more. The three ball in the corner, he had two points last night. Yeah. He had two points. Now, having said that, um, I felt like he, he did some other things well. Um, I feel like he is a guy that, um, you know, as well was able to uh, create some energy on, on defense. He is a guy that I think actually needs to play more minutes. I think you need to play that consistently play that small ball lineup. I, that's what I would be doing in the final five minutes of games. I would not have Rudy on the floor in crunch minutes at the end of the first half. I'd not have Rudy on the floor. That's just my opinion. I mean, I, I and, and sure we can go back and forth about this, but you know, I just don't think that I just don't think that this is a thing where you can say, Hey, you know, let's just leave the status quo and let's just do what we do. You know, I, I just don't think you can do that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, and I think that, you know, again, for the people who say, well, this is Quinn's fault. I, I, I'm not sure what other path he could have taken. When you, when you look at the options he has, I'm not really sure there was another option last night besides what he went ahead and did, which yeah. was just trying to change. Because ultimately, what's the reason that you that you um, what's the reason that you go small ball? Well, the reason you go small ball is to pick up pace uh, and to create space. So that's what you get. Now you lost the game. I I agree, you lost the game, but I don't know what else you could have done. You did everything you could do. Yeah. Totally agree. And, and you know what? Like Scott Howard says, what do I want him to do? Try small ball with Gay and Pascal after you've given up. I don't know about six open threes from guys who can only shoot open threes. Well, I think Kleba, um, I think Kleba is a guy that can shoot open threes or contested threes. I mean, I think what you're seeing is the Klebas of the world are not what hurts you. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're shooting open threes. It's that there's no communication on defense on switches that lead to the open three. It is Boyan Bogdanovich not properly rotating. So that three is left open. That's what you're seeing. That's the frustrating part of it. Yeah. And when you when you play that small ball lineup, does Rudy Gay really fit into that small ball lineup? I don't know that he does. Um, I think when you're trailing, it's always nice to have another three-point shooter on the floor, but you're not shooting threes. You're not shooting threes at the level you were shooting threes. And I think Jason Kidd deserves a lot of credit for his his adjustments. He is he has decided that he is going to push out to the three-point line, and that's going to be the way that they win games here. That he is going to push that three-point line, and he's going to force the Jazz to finish in the paint, which they have not been able to do on a regular basis. And you know what? I I give Jason Kidd a lot of credit for that. Because this Utah Jazz team thrives when they're making big threes. Mm -hmm. And they're making fast break transition pull-up threes. I'll also give the Jazz credit. They turned off the fast break for for Dallas last night. It was very clear that they were much more committed to getting back and stopping the break. And it worked. The other issue, though, is you couldn't stop Jalen Brunson to the point where, um, you know, Royce O'Neal decided that playing dirty basketball uh, was the right way to go about that. I'll drop that mother. I think he tried to hurt Jalen Brunson last night. Yeah. I think with that shot at the end of the first half where Jalen got a technical foul, that was that was embarrassing basketball. That's not who this team is. Yeah. And yet that's what Royce O'Neal decided to turn himself into last night. 
And I think when you look at Hassan Whiteside forearming Maxi Kleba in the side of the head, no call. The Jazz, to me, got to a place last night that was very was very dark and dank, and there was some there was some burned out buildings and boarded up windows in that neighborhood that they were wanting to play in last night. Yeah, <laughs> like it was a street fight for a minute. Yep, and Dallas persevered. And it did allow the Jazz to get some momentum, but what did all of that mean when you came out for the third quarter and they just kept shooting threes? Yeah, I, I think that's that's a tough part, and that's why I think they went that – or I'm not going to say they went that route. That's why I think Royce went that route. I think yeah. Royce O'Neal last night made a choice to, to go after Brunson because he knows they don't have anything behind Brunson, you know, to, to, to his level. And I think – Brunson did a great job of coming back in the second half and coming right at Royce immediately. I think it was inside the first three possessions. He gets that and one on Royce, and you could just tell that the 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 answer was there. And, and I think that really is what Jason Kidd deserves the most credit for. This Dallas team is tough, man. This Dallas team knows how to fight through adversity. Like there were several times, like that third quarter. Getting through the third quarter in the in the rush that the Jazz brought to them, I was impressed by that. Honestly, like you're on the road without your two best players because I think people yeah. are forgetting Tim Hardaway Jr. is not playing; he's out. People are only focused on Luca. The Mavericks do not have their best two players on the floor. They just went on the road and beat you at your place. So this morning, I understand why Jazz fans would be upset. But at the same time, I think the Mavericks deserve a lot of credit for pushing through that adversity because the Viv is one of the toughest places to go uh, and, and win playoff games. And I just, I, I was just impressed. Honestly, I was just impressed by the ability to deal with adversity by them. Jesus Christ destroys atheism. Mm -hmm. Says he could be using uh, Eric Paschal and Walker much more. You really want to play Nikhil Alexander-Walker more right now? I don't I think don't. he's earned it. I don't I think don't. he's earned it. I thought he had a couple of nice showings. He, he had, had a couple of nice moments. Yeah, he had a couple of nice He had a couple of nice moments. No, I don't I wouldn't Yeah, he had that one game where he hit like 78 threes in the corner, mm -hmm. but let's not get carried away. Donnie, please. Yeah, relax, my friend. You know, and like I don't want to play any you want him to play with Nacho Belgrande more. I you know this man was a bona fide scrub. Not well, Royce O'Neal. Good point. Excuse me. What? It's buckets o bench, please. Uh, thank you. Um, but you, you, I, I think you're really making the argument that that Wenacho Hernan Gomez, Nikhil Alexander Walker, those are the guys you're complaining he's not playing more. Those are. 13, 14, 15th guys on any roster. Mm -hmm. I, I, and if you look at, if you look at Wenacho Belgrande, what is it that you got from him last night where you're like, man? Yeah, what did he play? Like five minutes, maybe? He played six minutes, 0 of two from the floor, 0 of one from three, one assist. Fucking A. What did you get from him that you, what did you see? In Hernan Gomez, where you're like, I've got to get more minutes there. Yeah, the narrative on Hernan Gomez is that he brings length to the floor and that he can help them small ball defensively. Yeah, I don't and, know about that. And I, I don't – my thing with, with him is that while that in concept is nice, I think the execution of that is is not nearly what the execution of Pascal is. I, I think – see, the thing – the trade-off with Pascal is, is that some nights he's not going to make any threes, and he's going to take threes, and he's going to miss them. 
Last night, he made most of his three-point attempts, brought you good energy, served his purpose. So, you know, again, like in game four, what's the adjustment? Because, and, and I think this is an interesting parallel, too, what we're seeing in Golden State with Steph not starting. Now, yes. coming back from injury, he probably could be starting now, but Steph being Steph, he's willing to sit a few games, come off the bench or whatever. Great. But I think what's important to understand about that situation and in, in why it's so similar to the Jazz situation is because Rudy is getting paid the same level that a Steph Curry is getting paid. Rudy's contribution should be as impactful as someone like him based on how much he's getting paid. The only problem is, is it's not. And I think if you're Quinn Snyder and you're looking around the league and you're trying to figure out, all right, what's my solution? I'm not suggesting that he should not start Rudy, but what I am suggesting is he needs to be much more aggressive with pulling Rudy off. Maybe yes. instead of pulling him off at seven, let's pull him off at, 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 at eight and a half or nine, you know, and then bring him back to end the quarter or like use him in defensive situations, but maybe he shouldn't be getting 35, 40 minutes a night. I don't know. But what I am telling you, simply put, no matter what the path is, is if you get bounced by the Mavericks in the first round without Luka and Tim Hardaway, this thing is like a raging forest fire, and people will be pissed. I my I think he's making adjustments. I don't put this on he Quinn is. Snyder. I think he's trying. I think that, again, like trying things like zone defenses. I think it's very difficult to ask guys at this time of the year to play zone defense. I think it's very difficult to – Say to guys, hey, we've done this all year, but fuck it. Let's go play zone defense. It's a playoff game. You can't do that. If you want him to make changes, you're going to have to do better than Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I just, I yeah. think that's not the right way to go. The change is not personnel. The change is strategy. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Bolton, good morning to you. Morning, everyone. Anyone else uh, still drinking from last night? Exactly. Uh, Jonathan uh, Ponce said their bench beat us. Yeah. Yes, it did. I mean, when you're getting... The volume of production from Maxi Kleba, uh, Davis Bertans uh, gave you four three-pointers, four more from Kleba for eight three-pointers. Like You also, I thought, got a really important contribution from Josh Green. Not the three three-pointers he hit, but the passing, the basketball IQ. The defense, bro. The, the defense, the steals. Like I, I, I thought he made a, a really big contribution last night. You know, three boards, six times, two steals, 12 points. Like, and he did all that in 19 minutes. And not turning I mean, it over. That's huge. And you look at what you got from from the Jazz bench. You got Jordan Clarkson, and that was really it. Eric Pascoe gave you 10 minutes, six points. He hit a three and a rebound. Um, I would love nothing more than to see a lot more of House and Bogey with Clarkson, Conley, and Mitchell. I think that lineup poses a lot of problems for defenses. Yeah. Um, I think it creates a lot more space. I think you shoot a lot more threes. Um, the frustrating part was Bogey got off to a really good start and then really had a slow second half. Yep. Um, which tends to happen with this club. I, I just, this is very different than the Clippers series. I think you are starting to see that you are now finding places and you are beginning to understand um, that this club is going to struggle with Rudy Gobert being the center point of their of their offense, um, being the center point of this basketball team. And this roster is, yeah, Spencer Morgan, exactly. We need to acknowledge that some of the limitations on this roster um, is on Quinn. He blocked trades of Ingles and pushed for keeping Conley. 
I don't disagree with that. I don't. Luka is coming back in game four or five. Jazz are doomed, Martin Blank says. I think it'll probably be when they it, it, when they go back to Dallas. Why yeah. would you play him? Why would you play him Saturday afternoon? zero incentive to play him Saturday. Yeah, I, I just don't. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I think the most depressing part is that Dallas is still missing their best three players and are still taking the Jazz to the woodshed. Truth. True. Uh, football Access said they need to speed up the Mavs. Um, stop playing half court. You got to play smaller ball to do that. You got to play smaller ball to do that. Um, Eric C says time, uh, for captain Quinn to walk the plank. Could I think, be. listen, dude, I, all jokes aside, I think it's time for the whole roster to walk the plank, to be quite honest with you. Like, I don't think that if, if I was the jazz and, and I know you'll disagree with this, I, I, there wouldn't be anybody that I wouldn't have a conversation about. I, I, I think that I, I love Donovan Mitchell. I, I love his game and, and what we saw last night, as soon as Rudy got off the floor. And I think he can be someone that you build around. But that does not mean that I'm not willing to have a conversation with somebody uh, about him. And yeah. I, and I think that I think that this 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 front office needs to take this ship and and turn it around because the problem is whether you're in and I've always said this whether you're a lottery team and you've got the number one overall pick or you're a team that gets into the postseason every year but doesn't win a damn thing. What's the real difference? Well, the only real difference is you're probably just selling more tickets. That's the only difference, honestly. Because if you're not winning a title or at least getting to the NBA Finals, what are you really doing? So, to me, yeah. when, when I look at this roster, and, and they're fully healthy. Nobody's out. Nobody's not. Nobody's having issues. And you're struggling to beat Dallas? Because that's what I would say. You're, you, this is, I feel like most people thought the Jazz would dispatch Dallas in five games. That's what I think people thought was going to happen. And now you're down in this series. And you've lost at home. So, if you lose this series... I, I would be lighting the phones up, and I'd have a conversation about anybody. And I think you have to put together a team that's much more balanced and not so heavy financially. Yeah, I think that you're you're probably right. I mean, it, it is. I, I mean, there there there's probably no trade, no player that you wouldn't trade at this point. I mean, you've got to find some dirty dogs on defense. You've got to you've got to have a Jay Crowder, Alex Caruso type player. Marcus Smart. You've got to have a Marcus Smart who they tried to get at Bridges. the deadline. You've got to go and find that get dirty player um, who can shoot a three as well. I mean, Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges would be, yeah. I mean, the ideal fit on this team. He's the kind of player you're lacking. Um, you know, a star caliber wing like that. That's what you're really lacking on this team. But you're also lacking that really critical contributor off the bench. You are lacking the guy that can come in and get dirty defensively the you know somebody said Grayson Allen I don't disagree with that mentality I hate Grayson Allen um but you'd love to have him on your team I well yeah I guess I I mean I want a guy that can play defense and shoot threes and DJ do Tucker. it at a high level you know what I mean like that's what that's what this team needs and they don't have right now and I think every player's accountable for their shortcomings I mean it, you've got to stop you know, Donovan's got to get a lethal mid-range and play better defense. His footwork defensively is terrible. He has got to become a better defensive player. Rudy's got to grow as an offensive player. I just, I think you're at Rudy's ceiling. I think you're at, the problem with this roster is most of these guys are at their ceiling. Jordan Clarkson, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, clearly, there's growth in a couple of guys on this roster, but that's really it. I mean, Bogey is who he is. Royce O'Neal is a should be a ninth or tenth guy. 
He should certainly not be a starter in this league. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, you just are who you are. And it's not – my question is, what is Quinn Snyder with a better roster? What is Quinn Snyder if Dorian Finney-Smith is in a Jazz uniform and not in a Mavs uniform? Yeah. What is, what is Quinn Snyder if he has that player, that kind of tenacity? If you hadn't missed – on so many draft picks. And what he, if Mike Conley is Jalen Brunson? If he just had one more tool to work with. Yes. What would Quinn Snyder be? If he had just one wing player to run with Donovan. Yeah. This wouldn't even be a conversation, but the roster is so limited. So now what do you do in game four? Yeah, I think <laughs> this is that's a really, really interesting question because of what you saw with the small ball situation. And I, I think that, yeah, I think that you run more small ball out there, frankly, to be quite honest with you. I, I, I think that, you know, whether you want to well, start Rudy or whatever, I, I, I think that he needs to not play more than three to four minutes to start the game. You need to take him out and you need to go small ball. And, and what I really think, um, from a coaching perspective through the game, you can't let Dallas get out to a 15-point lead. You, you just simply can't allow it. I, you have to call prompt timeouts. you got to have a short leash. Like, you're not in a position to – to to play games anymore you're not in a position to to allow this team to play through adversity when they've shown no ability to do it so yeah strategically yeah I'm getting real aggressive to start game four I'm saying okay we'll run our usual guys out there but as soon as I feel like I need a boost Rudy's coming off the floor Pascal's coming in like like I think you just take what you did well late in this game and you apply it early early in the first half in game four and see what it gets you. Now, the the side effect and the trade-off of that is obviously rim protection. So if you run the small ball lineup out there and Jason Kidd has an answer for that and let's say brings Kleba or, or, or something and they're just dominating the paint, all right, well, now you're going to have to make an adjustment off of that. But I really think that guy when, when it's a small ball situation, guys like Kleba are not a big deal defensively because you're running up and down. So he's not really going to be a problem for you. So that's, that would be my mentality. Okay. We'll start the game how we usually do. Right. But as soon as something, as soon as the Mavs start building some momentum, I want to get that small ball going. And I think to your point, that roster or that lineup you were talking about where, you know, you've got house bogey, JC, uh, Don and, and Conley then, and, and Conley. I think that lineup, particularly those guys together can score at a really nice rate. The only downside of that is bogey on defense. He can be had. So that's what I think you have to do going to game four. I just don't think that you can take all of your size out of that lineup. I mean, Boyan Bogdanovich can give you six, eight boards a night. You need that length and rebounding. I mean, if you're going to not have bogey on the floor, you're going to play Pascal in that spot. You know, like, I don't know. that I, I, I just think at some point you can go too small. Yeah. Um, especially when they have Kleba out there and he rebounds really well. I think, I think if it's Powell, you're fine with that because I don't view I – think, I think Dwight Powell is a very limited player. Uh, but this team had one offensive rebound last night, the Utah Jazz. Yeah, one. that's going to have to improve. One offensive rebound last night. It is. Which is kind of shocking considering Rudy played his normal allotment of minutes. I'm not really sure. Like, I, I know yeah, I mean, he, he played have a 29 game. minutes. He played 29 minutes. I mean, seven rebounds, 15, bo 15 points. How many minutes did Pascal actually play last night? Just 10. He only so played he 10 minutes. So he plays 10 minutes. But, and here's my point. So Pascal plays 10 minutes. 
and we're on the show this morning talking about the impact that he had on the game. Oh, he is a he is a bullet. I mean, the guy comes in and he gives you energy. He crashes the boards. He shoots threes. Yeah, he has no fear. Like that's what you that's what He's you a love dog coming off the bench. Yeah, that's dude. what you love about about Eric Pascal is that you know you just. But I think again, it needs to be said, and, and we'll see it in Game Four. I guarantee. I guarantee he'll get close to twenty minutes in Game Four. I would be. I would be shocked if he was sub 10 minutes in game four. But, again, we need to emphasize this. The more minutes he gets, when do the turnovers come? When do the 0 for 3, 0 for 4, three-point shot attempts come? Because that's ultimately the trade-off. Yeah, and I agree with Spencer Morgan. I'm complaining Butler didn't play more during the season, but not suggesting he should play in the – he is the playoff fix. I but, agree with that. But, but I agree with the that. question has to be posed. What could Jared Butler be right now if he would have been groomed in the regular season? Yeah. What what sort of option and would he be? That's the complaint you should have about Quinn Snyder. What he's doing now is not the issue. It's that he didn't bring Jared Butler along during the dur, – dur, well, and not Quinn specifically. The front office and the developmental process did not bring Jared Butler along. How many minutes did Trey Burke get last night up for them? I think six. Maybe six. He played Trey Berserk. Uh, Trey Burke played four minutes last so night. So Trey Burke plays four minutes last night. Somebody who is younger, you know, younger-ish guy, but but a, a veteran in the league now. And I, I ask about Trey Burke because I feel like Jared Butler is the Trey Burke of this team. He's somebody that if he'd have gotten more minutes, he could come in for five, six minutes at a time, give, you, give that stint, and then come right back out. But because... He can play good defense. He can play with that energy. He fits into the small ball setup in this series. That's why I think it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, because they're not going to get that. Like, Davis Bertans. He the, won't be that guy in game the, four. The Maxi Kleba contribution is legit. I mean, the guy is a knockdown three-point shooter. A, Davis Bertans is so hot and cold. Mm -hmm. He's. An, I, I doubt he'll make four more threes the rest of the series. I mean, but if you're going to give him open looks... Yeah. Well, here's the problem, though. Green created those looks. He did him. with that run to the baseline and everybody collapsing. And, yeah. You know, they were the, the hard part to digest here is they're a better defensive team on the perimeter without Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And that's what we've been talking about the entire season on the show is that you have to understand that. You have to embrace that. You have to embrace that Mike Conley is a very limited player at this point in his career. Yeah. He's played 15 years. He's probably a 20-minute-a-night guy. Um, you you look at Boyan Bogdanovich, he's great in stretches, but he can't compete athletically. Yeah. Um, you just don't have a guy, Hassan Whiteside, mentally just not fit. I mean, the guy yeah. cannot he, – like he's elbowing Maxi Kleba in the face and not getting called for it. Like, that's what scares you. That's why you don't see more Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. Because you notice he does that, and then he doesn't play much after that because he just isn't in control of himself. The roster is the problem. Keeping this roster together was a mistake then, and it's a mistake now. And I think what you're seeing is that Donovan Mitchell's growth is being stunted by the group that's around him. That's just I, I and, agree with and that. I'll die on that hill. I would agree with that. And I think that I think Donovan Mitchell is the the epicenter of jazz basketball and you should do everything you can do to facilitate his growth. Period. Yeah. And I think you saw him blossom like a young flower on prom night.
when Rudy Gobert went off the floor. And you see him being much more active, being much more aggressive. That's what you need from Donovan Mitchell. And there's more space. There's more driving lanes. There's more passing lanes when Rudy's not on the floor. Yes. Correct. That That's his... Correct. That's as simple as I can say it, all right? Yeah. Let's read some comments. Enough of us, more of you. Make sure you shop our affiliate links in the description below. Hit subscribe. Uh, if you're here right now, please give us a like. We will give away. Uh, we promised. I, I promised in the comments yesterday I would do it. Um, Roy asked for a T-shirt yesterday. You can't just ask for a T-shirt and then say, oh, well, I'll send you a T-shirt. Who do you think you are, Greg Hawkins? Yeah. Jeez. Come on. The point is. Come on. The point is. Give us a thumbs up and a like. Um, if you show us you bought something through an affiliate link of ours, that's how you bribe us to get a t-shirt. Yes. Hit like right now. We'll give one person who likes this, uh, broadcast right now, a t-shirt today. Uh, one of our casuals, or we got to restock on our original t-shirt as yeah, well. Casual. That did so well. So, uh, Jack says typical jazz. We don't, we do, we get our hopes up. Why do we get our hopes? Uh, I, if I could read, that'd be better. Yeah. Typical jazz fan. Why do we get our hopes up? Um, Jesus Christ says, uh, Eric is the bull in the China shop. Could be the jazz culture. Since I can remember that's the jazz culture. Since I can remember sit 99% of your young guys that aren't lottery picks. Well, and then bust on your lottery picks. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says that's the jazz in, in, uh, that's a jazz MO. If it's not Kleba or Bertans, then it's going to be Theo Pinson coming off the bench and scoring 30. <laughs> My God, Jeremy. Uh, Mr. E says, uh, and to think that the Jazz had a chance to draft Esmond Bain, but we saw future in Yudoka Azabuki. Yes. Boy, what a mistake that was. Uh, Kirk Lazarus, good morning to you, Kirk, uh, says, before breaking this team, I would love to see Ty Lue type coach then can adjust and not play the system that everybody knows. So Ty Lue comes in. What is he going to do differently than Quinn Snyder's doing? Because what are Ty Lue teams? No, they're three and D teams. They play very small basketball. They have centers. They don't use them. So you want the a, Clippers, you, the Clippers. You want a coach that coaches the same style to come in. Now they're better defensively. By the way, they also have Paul George, one of the best shooters in, in the and NBA. Kawhi Leonard. Well, when he's healthy. Yeah. I, I, I think you're, you know, you know. It is what it is. Kirk, I hear what you're saying. Crypto Dolphin Super Bowl. Um, okay. okay. Who the f*** is that guy? That's not on your birth certificate, sir. Uh, the warning sign was on the wall in February when it was losing to teams like Detroit, Houston, and blowing big leads to them. The red flags were already there. Why I'm not surprised. Yep. You should go back and listen to our shows from those days, Crypto. You'd enjoy those. I'm happy for my Grizz. They came back from both 26 down and again from 21 down. That's mental toughness that Facts. Utah needs. Facts. Facts. If you're Minnesota right now, my God. Uh, Greg Hawkins says Jazz need to improve their defense in like every game. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yes, Greg. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, I didn't see Tanner Plummer's comment. What he said, it's usually a cynical person, but I guess a positive spin on this is that losing, in fact, in the first round basically ensures the team will get blown up. Wow. Jeremy Bolton says, Tanner, it sucks, but that's the mentality I'm hey guys. right now. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Guys, guys, guys. Uh, Jordan says, I'm rooting for the Celtics now. Fuck this. Bro, you're – okay, okay, pause. You know Gordon Hayward's not on the Celtics anymore. Pause, bro, pause. Hold on, hold on. So, wait. 
Jazz fans are now jumping off the Jazz train. Am I am I hearing this correctly? Well, the train derailed. I think they were thrown off. Oh, okay. Okay, fine. Yeah, if that's how it's going to be. Okay. Like you're jumping off what? the train. Like, so so if, they, if, they, if, they, if they come back and win the joke. series, are you still a Celtics fan? Or? Well, come on. Come on. How much crack have you smoked today? They let you down. Yeah, that's what they do. They let us down. And I, I, I look, I understand why you guys are upset. I get it. But you at the said the Jazz are going to come back and win the series. Yeah. No, I didn't say that. I said, what if they do? So, uh, for the record, Jake just no. predicted the Jazz no, were going to come I back. I did and not. I did not. Donnie, please. Win the Western Conference. So, you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. Uh, Spencer Morgan says, Butler is the future at point guard. Maybe. If we go out in the first round, we need to shake up our roster, maybe even coaching, Jack says. Yeah. Okay. I don't disagree with that. Uh, Neville 93 says, Celtic fans are pussies. Wow. <laughs> You're the weakest of the week. <laughs> Giggity says, I saw Jazz fans excited to see Booker was out thinking this was an opportunity to win the West. Wow. Oh, Giggity's back. <laughs> <laughs> now, I haven't said that. Anybody see the Chicago Bulls? Caruso for Alex three. Headband Caruso. It's good. <clears throat> What's an erection? <laughs> Tanner Plummer says, bandwagon fans are not allowed here, Jordan McDonald. Hey, guys. Yeah, they are. Jeremy Bolton says, I'm 150% on the headband Caruso train. Dude gets 4.3 <laughs> assists and 1.3 rebounds and two charges per game. What a goat. Yeah. Finally. Dude, thank you. Finally. Thank you. I want better fucking execution. You know, thank like, you. thank you. Bryce Jensen says, giggity back at it. Damn right. Shut the F up about Caruso. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says. All I have to say is he drew a charge and won the game for the Bulls. Suck it. That's fucking um, interesting, man. Man, I better hope he continues to play while our Bolton's getting over on. Uh, <laughs> Please, Alex Caruso, help me. Uh, let's see. Uh, what is your name? Will DeThrill. Okay, welcome to the show, man. League wants Luca in the playoffs. Oh, stop. Are you kidding me? Please. I Now, I haven't read this comment. Please do not make this an officiating comment. Yes, it is. Jazz gets fouls on every offensive pick, and Spencer pushes Donovan to the stands to get a layup. No call. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The Jazz got so many. Do you know how many illegal screens Rudy Gobert sets? Do you know how many, like the Royce O'Neal run in the second quarter that wasn't called? Let's those, settle this right now. Those four plays alone should tell you the Jazz get calls. Yeah. Stop with that. Yeah. Come on now. We're not going down that road. Uh, Jordan McDonald says Caruso for Royce twice on Sunday, please. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I'm sarcastically becoming a Bulls fan now. Thanks for that. I love it. Love it. Tanner Plummer, you're right, brother. Neville 93 says. Hey, guys. What did Tanner say? Uh, Celtic fans are pussies. Well, that means that the Tangerine Twitter machine will probably grab them. Wow. Bro. Wow. Uh... Um, Bryce Jensen. Bryce, you feeling all right, man? Bryce Jensen says everyone can suck Caruso's penis head. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 All right. So, by the way, speaking of suicide watch, what if your boy loses again? What happens when when Kevin Durant chokes away another one? He's no Alex Caruso. 
what am I even supposed to do with that? You should probably what, just what, move what, on. What, what, what am I, what, like, come on. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, okay. thanks, Coach. Thanks. You know. Uh, the Jazz have been neutered ever since the general manager re-signed Mike Conley and gave Rudy that huge contract. No athletes. Don't disagree with that. Do you trade Donovan for the first pick in the draft? BB says no. 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 No, I'm good. Thanks. Nah, I'm fine. So let me see. Let me take a huge risk on a seven-foot white guy named Chet. And He's I'm going to be good, dude. No. You make my head hurt when you say stuff like what that. What the fuck are you talking about? You think he's going to be good? Yes. Based on what? Based on his body and his style of play. Okay. He he looks like E.T. Right. So does Kevin Durant. And what is he? Terrible. Right. Have you watched him recently? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's playing. Yeah. That punk-ass booker's hurt. Yeah, next question. That's true. That's true. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So we're 49 minutes into the show. We have about... Not 50, but 49. 49 minutes. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Right, 49 minutes. What right. time is it? It is It is 7.30, 7.25. So we got like 20 minutes. Right. So what do you want to go to here? We could easily go to Donald Trump's chief of staff was no, registered to no. vote in three states. Dude, we, we did Trump yesterday and everybody lost their shit. By the way, Marjorie Taylor Greene's testifying today to try and keep her seat in Congress. <laughs> Um, nobody's going to watch that. Nobody. They texted. Yeah, they texted, apparently. <laughs> no. she. So she's trying to deny that she sent out a message on Twitter using a code word that meant attack the Capitol. Code word. And she called for Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi to be assassinated. This is a code 10 abort. And she's saying she had nothing to do with the insurrection. All right, let's move on. Um... By the way, um, oh, thank you. Yes, I am feeling better. I am feeling. Oh, a little yeah. Better. How are you feeling today? Admittedly, yesterday. So for those of you that are new to the show, I've had some traumatic intestinal issues. Um, <laughs> I, I, have, I had a terrible case of food poisoning. Oh, OK. Tell the story. Recap story real quick for all the new people. Just OK, so we went to Mastro's Ocean Club in Newport Beach, yeah. which is my favorite steakhouse arguably this my favorite steak location in the country and that's just for easter this was for easter dinner and i had a dry aged new york strip and it cored that butthole hoe out like, that was sunday at 4 30 i ate it monday morning at 12 30 so just after midnight yeah. i was in the bathroom throwing up powerful hurling <laughs> it was terrible Monday morning at 2.30 a.m., I was in the bathroom again, throwing up, and then butt mudding. <laughs> and it just never stopped. Like, I, my neck feels better today. I threw up so powerfully that the muscles in my neck were strained. Damn. Um, I was fine by, like, Tuesday morning. So all the explosive happenings in my butt were pretty much done. So somebody in my life yeah. decided it'd be a good idea to go get some tacos for lunch on Tuesday. Hey, guys. I again commenced to shit myself for an entire day. To the point where I woke up in the middle of the night with violent, violent projectile offloading. 
to the to the extent that I took a shower when I was done. Oh. And yes, there was some remnants going down the drain. Bro. It was brutal. Dude, that is rough. I could not do the show. Um, I guess what day was that? Tuesday. Tuesday. No, Wednesday. No, Wednesday. Wednesday morning. That was Tuesday overnight. Wednesday morning, I just had no energy. I couldn't even get out of bed. So I didn't do the show Wednesday. And then yesterday, I slow rolled it. I had I had some oatmeal. I had some toast, a little bit of yogurt. Everything was much better. Right. And so now, yesterday afternoon, you know, Jake's like, well, hey, why don't we get a breakfast burrito for lunch? And I, of course, said, sure, let's do it. <laughs> I don't get down like that. So I ate the breakfast burrito. Which was bomb, I thought. But, you know. It upset my stomach. And then I took a poop. And it was it was it was oddly solid. Yes! We're back, baby. There is no better feeling than when you have been battling the butt mud. <laughs> the butt mud. The stinky sludge. Like yeah. you know. When you've been battling that. Yeah. And then you put out a solid poop. Yeah. The the feeling, the exhilaration. Yes! Man, that Dude. was awesome. So now today, today, how are you feeling? I, you know, I actually don't feel well. I don't, I feel dehydrated. My stomach's upset. Damn. I was super hungry this morning when I woke up, but right now my stomach's upset. I've been trying to drink water. I haven't been drinking uh, like energy drinks. I think probably some of it is I have a caffeine withdrawal right now uh, because I have not been drinking energy drinks that I usually drink. So damn, but we're all right. We're living it. No taco surf on this trip, bro. Yeah, Jesus Christ destroys atheism, says that spicy chorizo. Yay. No. Put some hot sauce on my burrito, baby. Nope. The roster must be drained and refilled with real athletes, kind of like my butt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, it, okay, wait. Cody Strickland says, what the F? I didn't get a ring ding on your show that was going live. Hey, man, I appreciate you subscribing and hitting hitting the bell. Jesus Christ destroys says, oh, no, not a taco burrito thing. Yeah, we did. Monty, fix your intestines with pineapple. I suggest pizza and pineapple. You might not like it. Oh, I love pineapple on pizza. I love pineapple on pizza. Don't put pepperoni on your pizza, dude. Please don't. Part like 2.0 of that pooping chat. That's right. Jeremy Bolton says poopy poop drain. Yeah, dude, I, 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 I didn't poop in the shower, but. Man, that that rinse down the legs was. Oh, dude, stop! You put some onion particle down the drain, and you start to wonder how much. Wow, Dad! Wow. You know, dude. Yeah, it's brutal. That's gnarly, man. And then t today is the rehearsal dinner at the at the crib. Oh boy! So by it's the, the way, fucking vernal equinox. Let's yeah. go, baby. <laughs> we still have not gotten bucket of bullets. We're not getting dude a gift. gift. We're not doing it. I I won't allow it. It's not happening. It's not happening. I won't allow it. I, I'm making an executive decision for the team. I, we cannot get through to gift. Who the fuck are you? A prison warden? What do yeah. you mean you won't allow it? Yeah, I am. I'm a grown-ass man. Yeah, I on, shit dude. onion particles. What the fuck are you, Ranger Rick? Yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, I am. Dude, you can't be serious that you want to get through to gift. I, n want is not the word that I would okay, use. Okay, well, why do you have to get him one? Because, Jake, he, he is in all of his do not step on me bullshit, whatever it is. In all of his Donnie-isms, 
and all of his woman-hating, life-hating stuff, he's part of the family. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Fuck out of here. You're not no. at all into it? No. What about no. What about grandma? She got a gift. Our time and her bachelorette. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, you like, got I just... No, dude. I'm not... I'm sorry. Like, it's not my place to say... To say one or the other on whether this is a good or not marriage, even though it's not. Um, but wow. you know, I just, I, I, I no, okay. dude, I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not. So you're not willing to do it at all? Well, like, what, what would even be an option? I, I, I seriously, like, I would go to the gun store and get the guy ammunition, but he's got a whole bucket at home. He doesn't yeah. need that. Like, yeah. Am I supposed to be excited about this tonight? Am I supposed to be like thrilled that we, we, like. No, what, what, why, why am I excited about this? Help me understand. Um, because it's your grandma and, and look, how many, here's the question. All right, let's just be brutally honest about this. And I would love to hear from you guys on this. Is it more important to have companionship or to be in love? Mm. Mm -hmm. Because I think this question is, especially for, I think millennials, um, you know, and Gen Zers, I, I'm curious, like, is it more important to have a good friend or to be in love? Just in, so you can go to pound town in terms of marriage, because here's my firm belief. My, so for those of you that are new to the show and I, I know we have a lot of new listeners, my mother-in-law lost her husband 10 years ago, more than that now, 13 years ago. And she's been single since, right? She's sporadically gone on a sort of date here and there. Mm hmm. But she kind of jumped headfirst into the dating pool, and <laughs> she's all about twerking. Uh, but she, the first guy she meets, she essentially is marrying this guy. Yeah. And they've only known each other for like four or five months. And so my firm belief is, and I still believe it to this day, watching the way they interact and how different they are philosophically as human beings. Yeah. I think they're at an age, her her soon-to-be husband's 80 years old. She is in her late 70s. I think they're at a place in life where they don't want to be alone. They don't want to die alone. And I think they took the first great thing that came along. His wife died less than a year ago now. Yeah. So he's still mourning that death. Which I think is weird. He has openly said he is expecting my mother-in-law to help him mourn. And as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. My mother-in-law is a progressive thinker. I would not call her a Democrat. I would call her more of a progressive in that. She believes in women's rights. He does not. She believes in a woman's right to choose. He does not. U.S. Americans. He is wholeheartedly pro-Trump, and she is not. He is... For instance, he loves big game hunting and does not believe in endangered species. Something my mother-in-law is passionate about. Yeah. He does not care about other people even a little bit. My mother-in-law is a very caring person. They're not together because they're philosophically aligned and they met their soulmates. They're together because they're scared of being alone at the end of their lives. So is it worth it? And I mean, listen, I'm 49. I, I Hopefully I haven't even lived half my life yet. But I'm 49. I can't imagine spending my life, whether it's eight years, a year, a hundred years, yeah. with somebody I was not 
in love with. Well, and I think the thing here, the thing about this particular situation that I think has a lot of people in the family spooked about it is like there's no reason for them to get married. That's None. the thing. There's no there is no like it doesn't help financially. It doesn't like there's no reason for it. And I think that I, I, I don't want to go down the path of motives or anything, but but I, I really do feel like a lot of this is just vanity. And that's the problem I have with it. So, you know, when you're when you're when you're looking for you know, a relationship or not to be single, I guess, or not to be alone. Yeah, sure. Age plays a factor. But are you really telling me that that you have to get married? Like, I, I just don't think that it is necessary. In fact, no. in fact, I would go as far as to say it's easier not to get married, which tells me the only reason you're getting married is for the vanity of it. Yeah, respectfully. And I think my mother-in-law loves that kind of attention. She yeah. loves the... Hey, look at me. Give me wedding gifts. Come to my wedding shower. Come to my let wedding. Me, let me wear my 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 veil or whatever you yeah. call it into a, an establishment to have my bachelorette dinner. Like, yeah, let me I, be the center of it. My mother-in-law is very vain. My mother-in-law is very much an attention seeker. So I agree with that. I and I don't get me wrong. My wife and I are very different on a lot of things. I I think that the key to a good relationship, in my opinion is being able to have diverse opinions and experiences, but you can bring those together. You can talk about those things. You can enjoy those things about each other. I think when you're in a relationship, I've been married for over 20 years, you realize that every day is not a day that you love your spouse. You're, you choose to be in love. You're not always in love. And that's the key to a good marriage. You understand at some point, you know, you're not fighting over toothpaste anymore, right? You choose your battles. These two are just diametrically opposed on things, and I just don't see how that can work. I really don't. So do you value a relationship more, or do you value being with the right one? <clears throat> Greg Hawkins always has wise words. Yes, thank you, Says, Greg. my girl and I are basically opposites, and we've been together for close to five years. We love each other, and we're friends, too. I don't know if we'd be together if we weren't so what, different. If That's you don't, interesting. If you don't mind me asking... And I don't need every example or specifics, but like what would be a general difference you guys have? Like, would it be politics or would it be relationship to money? Would it be, you know, just like some of those things in life that we deal with? What are some of those differences? Because the differences that these two have are definitely like he was just saying political. I would also say the way they've lived their life is very, oh. very different. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, the 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 way they go about things in the day-to-day -day is a bit different. So I'm just curious, Greg, what are the differences for you and, and yours? Oddly, he's from Utah, by the way. The man my mother-in-law is marrying is from Utah, Ogden. Um, he lives here, though, in SoCal. Uh, Tanner says, random question. Uh-oh. Are you guys filming in a basement or something? No, we're in a garage in Huntington. Hey, guys. Thanks for asking. Um, Fat Jesus says, maybe they don't believe in premarital sex. Well, it's funny you bring that up <laughs> because my mother-in-law is notorious for not allowing people to sleep in the same room in her house Unless. who are not married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so she got actually hard stopped on that because she's been doing that for decades. Yeah. So uh, I think older people also have different views towards marriage in general. I would agree with that. Like what though? Like what? Because so this is this is the balls of the conversation. I feel like the the whole dynamic here 
And this is something that hasn't been admitted by either of them. In, in my opinion, it hasn't been admitted where they've just said, well, we just want to get married because we want to get married. Like, like the whole narrative has been, well, you know, we're in love and time is short and yeah. And it's like, no, dude, that's not you. I, I just don't buy it. Like, maybe I'm cynical. Maybe maybe I'm not open to it, but I don't feel like that's the true reason. No, I think she's marrying this particular dude because she wants to be important to somebody. And I think he's marrying my mother-in-law because he wants a nursemaid. He wants somebody to he's not going to be well. He's 80 years old and he is every day of 80 years old. Yeah. He limps around. He is an older man. Like he is going to he's going to spend a lot of time sitting in a chair in his older age and he is going to need somebody to take care of him. And I think that's what my mother-in-law represents to him. And I've told him that I I, I don't see then why I, I straight up have asked him, why are you in such a hurry? Because I just, I, I don't like the guy at all. I've, if you're not new to the show, if you watch the show, you know that. He just has bad vibes. That's the thing. He does. He, 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 he doesn't, like, again, yesterday on the show, we had talked about how last weekend during Easter, before we went to Mastro's, there was a little Easter get-together. We were watching hoops and talking to some family, and it was <sighs> great. And then dude was sitting at the kitchen table, and grandma comes in and is like, hey, you know, let's go outside and talk to everybody. He's like, no, he just refuses to do it. Like, he just does not care about being social or, you know, interacting. Aries Severa says, Jake and Durant is a good marriage that will end in breakup through text. Well. Wow. Look at Aries coming after you. Yeah. Well, hey, Are you, you kidding know, the me? Fir- the first thing I have to say is thanks for listening for so long. I appreciate yes, that. Number one. You. They texted yeah, they did. Number two, that is that was a learning period in my life. Yeah. And, you know. He broke up with you over text yeah, message? Yeah, you know, unfortunately things happen and, you Jake know. Jake broke up with his last serious living girlfriend over okay, text Okay, you message. make it he sound like her. I killed somebody. <laughs> you what did. do you mean living girlfriend? They're all living. I didn't kill anybody. Live in. You lived inside her womb. So lived get your in. facts straight. Yeah, you lived in her. Wow. Um, and you broke up with her over text while you were in her womb. Um, I believe. Good, yeah, good, good. You you were texting her while you were procreating, right? right saying that this is right, terrible. The sex right. is not good. Uh, he's from Ogden. Nothing against Ogden, but that explains a lot. Tanner says exactly. Dude, seriously. Greg Hawkins says we have differences in politics, religion, and culture. She's Filipina, and I'm American, and that makes things really complicated sometimes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It does. Tanner says it's all good, Jake. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, you, you know. Uh, I bet Guy doesn't want to talk to you and mini-me and hear the uneducated comments, Ruff's official says. Well, first of all, Mini-me. welcome back to the show, Ruff's, Ruff's official. official. Yeah, first welcome of back. All. We're so happy to see you. Second of all. Thanks for being here. Second of all, actually what happened was the first time we ever met him, we had an hour-long discussion where we proceeded to <laughs> ask him difficult questions, um, go back and forth about political <laughs> views, uh, and then he left. So, yeah. And the second time we saw him, we bought him dinner at um, Morton's, the steakhouse. Where he was an absolute prick. And spilled his drink, and then came home, got off the party bus we all rented. No, he never even got on the party bus. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, he did. He got on the party bus, went to Morton's, Spilled his drink, made an ass of himself toasting, got off the party bus, got in his Camry, 
and and they left. both left. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's not. Stop disrespecting me, bro. He ain't here for that. Yeah. And Garcia says, "Me and the wife, one hundred percent different in every way imaginable, and we both, and we've been together almost fifteen years. I think. Wow, that's awesome. Being different from your significant other helps things, helps keep life interesting but look, and fun. It but does. look, but uh, and, and I don't disagree. But it, there's a line, as there is with everything. Yes. And I and I don't think that a woman who her entire life has been, you know, uh, a California hippie, you know, free goer type person." is all of a sudden going to marry a Trump-supporting, animal-killing, non, you know, no consideration for the environment type person. Yeah. I just don't think that that's... You can't tell me that that is... Who's pining over his deceased wife and wants you to take care of him for the rest of his life. And you moved into his place. Like, I I, I don't know, man. It just... The feel (laughs) of it for me is just weird. Cody Strickland says, Jake, how's the girlfriend? When's the baby too? Bro, not soon enough, right? <laughs> no, the girlfriend's good, dude. Yeah, girlfriend's really good. She's pissed that she wasn't able to come on the trip because she had to work. But, you know, it is what it is, right? Big Dog O-Town yeah. says, been divorced 20-plus years. Been in five to six relationships after the divorce. Shout the Mobamba. Don't think any were after the marriage were love convinced only I live in Ogden. So don't hate. Do you okay. really live in Ogden? Well, O-Town. And Garcy says, shout out to O-Town. Yeah. Shout out to Mobamba. Jeremy Bolton says, I'm whatever my wife says I am. What if she screams for Alex Caruso during your your, your planting of the garden? Go Hawks. Um, if she starts calling you AC, just know it's not good. Um, what's the first round exit? What a first round exit for Utah, Louis Diaz says. Maybe, maybe not. All right, so should I eat today? I don't know. I mean, gotta, I, I don't have any ability to understand really how you're to the level of, you know, intensity as to how you're feeling. It's hard to well, kind of, you know, quantify. But I would tell you that if you're not feeling 100 percent, a hundo P like or close to it or you're not feeling improved, then, you know, you just don't want to feel crappy all weekend. You no, know, I don't like on the way home on Sunday. You don't want to feel crappy because what, what time are we going to leave Sunday as early as my wife will get out of bed. I would love to leave it like 4 a.m. So we leave at 4 a.m. Like, you're, you just don't want to feel crappy that whole, that's a long drive, man. Yeah, that's a long drive. And we're doing it all the way through this time. We're not stopping halfway. Yeah. So, so. even if we leave at 4 a.m., we're going to get home at like 2. I'm amazed how many people are like, yeah, diversity is important. Differences can't attract, Kane Nuren says. Look, I don't, okay, so I want to be really clear on this point. I'm not saying that the relationship is going to fail or it's not going to work out. What I am saying is that I feel like they jumped the gun and they're just taking the first thing presented ooh, ooh, ooh. to them. Ooh. Normal, normal fart just happened. For the first time. <laughs> Celebrate the small wins. Yeah, baby. Anyway, wow. I'm sorry. What were you saying? Okay, I'd like to play this drop one more time. And I just want people to appreciate the echo at the end of this drop from the fart. Just listen to this. Hey, thanks for contributing to the show. Uh, you know that fart smells like Caruso's headband. Yeah. I, it doesn't actually smell like anything, at least not for me. Well, Monty, if you don't want to go to the wedding, you can use the food poisoning as an excuse. True. Yeah, I'm just going to be in the garage breaking down the set the whole time the wedding's yeah. happening. You, you need know? Chipotle with a hot pocket That's chaser. What I'm, Jesus, did I fat not, Jesus. Did I not say like four times this week that you should have 
a light, light dose of Chipotle, like some rice, maybe some beans, a little veg. Dude, I just celebrated my first normal like fart fart. And yeah. you want me to be eating And what like, does a normal Mexican fart food? fart look like? Is it is it dryness? Is it power? What well, are we talking about? One that about? welled up in your intestines and didn't result in a, a moisture expe a moist expenditure. You know what I'm saying? Normal fart just happens. Celebrate good times. Come on. Exactly right. <laughs> and Garcy says live on YouTube. Risky stuff, Monty. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. I don't know what I'm going to eat today. I'd love to have some Jack before we go home because I never get Jack in the box, but it's a long drive. Maybe I'll, maybe Jack in St. George. That way it's only three hours of pain train. You know, you know. You don't think you're equipped to have Jack today? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I really Damn. don't. All right, play the music. We got to go. Greg Hawkins wants to know what the hell we're listening to. Yeah, I don't know, Greg. I'm not sure. All right, we'll be back uh, Monday morning. Will the Jazz still be an NBA playoff if, team in any way, shape, bro, or if form? If the Jazz lose Saturday, please hold it together until Monday. Please. Yeah. That could be an ugly show Monday. If they're down 3-1, that could be ugly. Yeah. And Garcy says, don't forget to bring one of everything. Okay. There you go. This show has gone off the rails for like two weeks now, LOL. Yes, sir. Exactly right. Until Monday, um, may you live happily ever after. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.